0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
1: Welcome to this hour of the program. Uh, much more is still to come, by the way, regarding uh, the big decision today on the Trans Mountain Pipeline. We'll have later in this hour at some point some audio available. The Prime Minister did an interview with Bloomberg News a little over an hour ago, and that's uh, under an embargo for for the time being. But that'll be made available a little bit later on. Also, Premier Notley joins Angela Cocott just after four o'clock today, four oh nine to be specific. Uh, so much more on that coming up. It is also here, of course, Radio Mayor's Day today and you might have heard earlier today, the Mayor of Okotoks on with Danielle. Angela's going to chat with uh, the Mayor of Cochrane. It's an opportunity for us to kind of shine a spotlight of what's going on in some of the uh, next door neighbors uh, of the City of Calgary uh, and some of the unique uh, challenges and advantages that uh, these these cities are dealing with. So an opportunity for us in, in this hour to learn a little bit, little bit more about the community directly to the north of Calgary, that being the City of Airdrie. we We're joined in studio by Peter Brown, the uh, elected, re-elected last year, I believe, mayor of Airdrie. Peter, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
0: Thrilled to be here, Rob. Thank you.
1: Right, so you're now in your second term as mayor, right? Re-elected last year? Third. Third term now.
0: Does it Thank feel goodness, longer? how the
1: time flies, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good, and congratulations on that. So, Thank you. Uh, let's start with a question we're putting to each of our mayors, then, an opportunity for you to talk about some of the biggest challenges that, that your community faces.
0: Well, it, for me, it's Growth. So everything that we do, we've grown probably 7% over the last 10 years, and growth impacts everything from your business community, transportation networks, uh, water and wastewater infrastructure, emergency services. It's just uh, really dealing with growth and managing it in the appropriate way. And when you're chasing it, sometimes uh, things slow down a little bit, and I know it's frustrating for some residents uh, moving about the city, but... uh, for, for me, personally, I think uh, we've done a really good job of managing the growth so far, and uh, we're continuing to look look ahead and manage our assets in the appropriate way. And I, I think that uh, the future looks great for Airdrie.
1: Has that growth slowed down? I mean, at one point, and for quite a while, I believe Airdrie was the fastest or one of the fastest-growing communities in Alberta.
0: Uh, it was. Uh, I I believe we're going to be somewhere between four and a half five percent 5% on a guess again this year. Which, which is, is still is
1: pretty big. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. so... New, new home sales have slowed a little bit, certainly in the last couple of years. It's a little flatter this year. Uh, just a little uncertainty in the economy, I think, that's contributing to that. But I think Airdrie's been really good at sort of uh, managing themselves above some of the unrest in the economy that's happened throughout the province that we've experienced recently. And I think, um, again, you know, 5% growth, it provides a lot of opportunity for businesses, it provides a lot of opportunities for our residents. Uh, But all those other contributing factors sometimes uh, slows things down a bit.
1: Because I think well over 60,000 now, right?
0: We're going to be somewhere around 68,000, I think, once the census is done, yeah.
1: So, I mean, that's that's Medicine Hat size, that's St. Albert size. I told
0: Tara and Red Deer that we're becoming, we're going to be the third largest (laughs) uh, city in Alberta fairly quickly.
1: So, yeah, so, so growth has been a challenge, both in terms of in ensuring there are places where people live and, of course, servicing those communities, uh, ensuring that there are schools, there's amenities uh, for Airdrie for residents. So how, how have you tried to balance that there?
0: Well, I I think we've uh, developed some great relationships with the development community, and you know, we look at our, our businesses and community as true partners, and uh, certainly as that grows, uh, we, we have to make certain that we're all on the same page and, and developing the best community in the right way that's going to benefit our residents and be the most cost-effective over time uh, to manage the infrastructure, and I, I believe we're doing that. Uh, there's always challenges as it relates to to growth and, and those contributing factors, but I, as I said, I think the for me anyway, uh, we develop in the right way, we do the right things. Uh, we're, we're a very open-door organization, which I would say... Uh, s- municipalities sometimes aren't don't always have that moniker and I would say that in Airdrie, you know we're small enough still uh, that you can get a hold of the manager of planning and the manager of engineering and infrastructure and those types of things and it goes well to to make certain that we have those pieces in place to make a great community
1: uh one area that, that's been an issue in Airdrie, and it's its a provincial jurisdiction is the question of health care and ensuring that there's there's adequate health care for Airdrie residents uh, there's there's the, um, the urgent care center that is now, it's now 24 hours. Correct. But that, that was a long battle for Andrew, wasn't it?
0: It was a long battle. Absolutely. Uh, it, it became, uh, it really was community driven. It was, uh, uh, the whole issue around, uh, access to healthcare after 10 o'clock, uh, in, at the evening and up until eight in the morning, uh, we had to travel to other jurisdictions to make that happen. And uh, I'll give credit to, uh, uh, Minister Hoffman uh, for coming to our community, seeing firsthand the challenges in, in a in a healthcare center that had nine beds at that time. We now have thirteen. Uh, that they were um, they saw it as an investment opportunity, and in, in uh, I think mid last year, twenty seventeen, that they opened it up twenty four hours. So we're obviously thrilled about that. But there's a lot more work to be done. So the community has come together, and we've started uh, uh, something called the area and area health cooperative and uh, there's three key priorities one is to develop and build a health park that's made in in made for Airdrie it's it's developed by the health professionals who live here and by the community and we're going to have a digital health strategy we applied for the smart cities challenge we're supposed to hear back uh, on our application here on Friday and uh, the last piece and we experienced uh, blue zone uh, last week I don't know if you're familiar with that Rob but Blue zone communities are communities around the world that have the most uh, centurions, people that live over a hundred They extend the lives of individuals by an average of three to five years. And um, if you look at some of the statistics around Alberta and other places, our children are not going to live as long as us. And, and that's really not acceptable in any way. So we're looking at becoming the first blue zone certified community uh, in, in Canada. And there's 47 of them in the U.S. right now. And... Uh, Again, just trying to merge toward getting out of the health care system and taking ownership of our own health. And that's really the most important key because, as you know, our, our health care system in Alberta is unsustainable. And we need to do what we can to not get into that system and take ownership of our health.
1: Right. So, And, th- yeah, that's that's addressing the preventative side of things. Uh, and obviously that, that would make a big difference. So tell us a bit more than about what's involved in getting certified as as a blue community, a blue zone community, and and what it means then for you know, the day-to-day lives of, of
0: citizens. Well, I think they all align. So the digital health strategy is really, it, it gives people the options to choose to, to live a healthier life, whether it's food, whether it's exercise, access to health professionals, how you operate uh, professionally, personally. Uh, it's just that immediacy of information. All, I mean, I'm wearing my, well, I was wearing my Fitbit, but <laughs> uh, my Fitbit's charging. But um, the, um, the Blue Zone piece is they were here for four days. They introduced the program. They've got nine pillars that are associated with this evolvement within the community, and it impacts everybody. So employers, it impacts your restaurants, it impacts your supermarkets, it impacts your, most importantly, your residents and community members to live a healthier life. And it's really access to information that provides benefit to them and their families. And honestly, they're going to get back to us. So they've left with an audit of Airdrie, Uh, Four days meeting with our community leaders and residents and uh, we had people from the mayor of Crossfield was there and people from all over uh, Coming in to see what blue zone was and they're going to come back to us And uh, we actually our next meeting I believe is in the next three to four weeks where they're going to say Because they want to make certain that Airdrie is a fit for blue zone and that they're ready for us because we would be their first foray outside of The USA which uh, yeah, so it's quite exciting
1: It's Mayor's Day here on 770 CHQR as we focus on some of the stories, uh, some of the challenges uh, from Calgary's neighbors, an opportunity in this hour to learn more about Airdrie. Of course, to Calgary's North, uh, Airdrie Mayor Peter Brown is in studio with us uh, talking about some of the issues and challenges uh, Airdrie is facing. And something I think all municipalities are are trying to get a a handle on is uh, cannabis legalization, what that's going to look like and where municipal governments have a role to play on the regulation side. Where is Airdrie at?
0: Well, it's uh, coming to council. We have some, we've been uh, extensively visiting with our community through uh, telephone surveys, online surveys, and at uh, different trade fairs, and uh, certainly we've had a number of open houses to get collect data, and um, it's mixed on, you know, where, where it can be consumed. Um, I think the only consistent uh, messaging that I saw was obviously distance from schools and healthcare facilities and senior centers and things of that nature, was very consistent, but it was very fifty-fifty on a number of other things. How many businesses could be located in community where where you would um, where you could grow and sell the product? That's that's sort of thing. So it'll be very interesting to see how we do it. I just hope that all of us. I, I understood Calgary was uh, having a zero tolerance in their public spaces. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not sure how you're going to enforce that because it's out there now in different areas of the community certainly you you certainly smell it when you're riding your bicycle or whatever Uh, and walking through parks you certainly see it so uh, that's our that's one of the challenges is always what's what's enforceable and what will work you can put rules in place all day long but if they can be enforced then I, i have a trouble with those
1: so then in terms of, uh, of approving uh, retail outlets, have there been applications? Are, are there businesses or, or would-be business owners who are looking to establish retail, cannabis retail energy?
0: So we've had, uh, I'm guessing, at least uh, six or seven interested parties to date. Uh, there's a lot more than that. I know in certain communities, uh, I understood in Lloyd, they're doing a lottery system because they're only going to have so many locations. And they had over, I think, 150 different people interested uh, in Airdrie, we definitely have great interest. Of that. That's going to be determined uh, not at this coming council meeting. There'll be some recommendations on how to move forward, and there'll be some consensus among council on how, how we want to move this forward. Uh, the final decisions, we're going to have a public hearing for our, our community members to come in, uh, voice their concerns, and then um, most likely we'll put some bylaws in place Uh, because the legislation is coming down the pipe rather quickly, could be moving through the Senate here in the next couple of weeks. Indeed.
1: Well, and there's been that ongoing consultation. You've found that there's a lot of interest from the public on this?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, We we had boards up with the little stickies at the Home and Garden Fair, and they were full after an hour of people walking by. So it's been a lot of interest, absolutely.
1: Um, You know, a somewhat related issue, the issue of crime. I mean, I think one of the... the attractive aspects to communities like Airdrie is that it's, you know, it's a safe place to raise your family. I know certainly what we've heard in more rural areas in the last couple of years is, has been an uptake in in crime, property crime in particular. Has that been an issue in Airdrie at all?
0: Certainly in in, in uh, certain pockets throughout the city where, you know, as you grow, you continue to have some of the bigger city uh, challenges, mm-hmm. and certainly that's been our case What's really good to know, though, is 90, 97% or 98% of our residents feel safe in our community, and that's really important. We do an annual survey with our community members. But, yes, um, property break-ins, car break-ins, things like that, uh, they're happening, but then when you look at the reasons behind them, a lot of our, our vehicle, vehicular uh, break-ins are usually the doors unlocked or they've left something of value in the car because I guess the what I'm hearing from our, our RCMP members is you know, these uh, people that are doing these deeds, they're the ones that uh, want easy access in and out and want to get get things done quickly. So we always encourage residents to be safe. Lock your doors. Make sure your available is in your trunk or in your home. Uh, make sure the, the uh, garage door opener is in a safe and, and uh, covered place. Uh, but I think, you know... For the most part, when we've met with members of the community, when we've had an opportunity to talk about direct crime as it relates to their communities, we've they've actually left and said, geez, I didn't realize you were doing that. Oh, I didn't realize you were doing this. Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that a, uh, one of your members actually lives on our street. So uh, I think we do a really good job. Uh, can we be a little bit better? I think what we have to be is more proactive with our communication to our community members, and we're working on that. We're hoping to do a biannual open house for our detachment commander, our uh, leadership at the City of Airdrie, myself, members of council, so that we can hear from the public, we can gather their concerns and hopefully address the issues that are most important to them.
1: Well, when you talk about those big city issues, and it's been a you know big factor in Calgary, has been the opioid crisis uh, as as a driver of some of these crimes. Do you get the sense that that's spilling over in, into communities like Airdrie?
0: Uh, certainly we have uh, challenges with the opioid, but not to the same extent, obviously, the, to the, some of our larger uh, neighbors. But um, I would say my understanding is there is a bit of that, but not not to an enormous extent, no. You know, the broader question of
1: being a, a neighbor to, to a, a big city and, and, you know, Calgary being the big fish in terms of, you know, Calgary setting the agenda on economic issues or other policy issues. Is, is it a case that communities like Airdrie take the cue of what Calgary's doing. Do you often find yourself in a position saying, "Well, maybe if Calgary's doing this, we should do. We should take a different path instead." How do you manage that that relationship and the realization that what Calgary does,
0: you know, has an impact? Well, obviously, with the implementation of the Growth Management Board, which is sort of in, in its infancy now, I would say that uh, it's more administrative. So our Economic Development team would be working. Collaboratively with Calgary and Rocky View and other jurisdictions, and same uh, for infrastructure. So right now we've got a uh, we're we're looking because the government has only, as you know, a very small pot of money. So for every dollar, we're all fighting for that dollar. And uh, what we've decided is we're 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 always waiting for something. So what we'd like to do, we went to the Minister of Transportation per se, and Mister Mason said why Why don't we prioritize our work? So instead of you telling us where the next $40 million overpass or 70 or 125, whatever the number is, we'll get together with our neighbors and we'll tell you where to invest that money. And that's working right now. So we're really excited about some of those changes. I know uh, the Growth Management Board, again, is, is it's in its infancy, but the great part about it is that we're going to have 10 neighboring municipalities that are going to work on making sure that we're planning our communities the right way we're assuring we're doing it the most cost-effective way. Most importantly, that it's to the benefit of the residents and the businesses who are going to utilize that. So that that's, for me, that's really exciting moving forward. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some of those outcomes in the very near future.
1: Right, because, I mean, Airdrie and other communities obviously have a vested interest in Calgary doing well. And, and there's, you know, there's a ripple effect. But you know, at the same time, when it comes to an individual business, you, you know, if a small business owner is going to pick Airdrie over Calgary, then, then all the better, right? So how, how do you be competitive in that sense?
0: Well, uh, we have no business tax. I, I, I believe there's a business tax in other <laughs> yes. jurisdictions, so I won't Glad compare. Heard. But, uh, you know, and, and there may be some you know, land value opportunities. I don't know what their assessment rates are. But uh, I, I used to say in the Calgary Regional Partnerships is, you know what? If you manufacture the plastic bags in Strathmore and we make the boxes to go in those bags, I'm happy you've got that manufacturing facility. So there's a way to do this regionally because when you're out in the open, when you're in the world right now and you're selling your city and Calgary is a, an amazing city. I was just telling you, just driving out here, just seeing some of the stuff I haven't seen on 17th Ave for a long time. It's a first class city. I'd like to see it as a first class region because there may be some things in, in Calgary that doesn't work for a business or in Airdrie. Maybe it's good in Cochrane. Maybe it's good in Rocky View. I don't know. And that's, that's kind of the exciting part about all this transition and this collaboration.
1: What about, you know, the issue, and it's the same with Okotoks and Cochrane, too, that a lot of folks who live in those communities work in Calgary, going in and out of Calgary every day. And it can be a sore spot, I think, for the city of Calgary and that, you know, they're, they're not collecting tax revenue from those people who are using Calgary infrastructure. But is it, is it something that matters to Airdrie one way or the other?
0: Well, I, I can tell you that 50% of our business owners are people that are coming into, from outside of our community every day. We have about 45 to 50% of people that transition into Calgary. But I would argue that they eat lunch here, they do their shopping here, they spend lots of money, they they own uh, Flames tickets and, and they go to football games and they utilize uh, a lot of your economics here. And I would say that we contribute millions into the coffers of Uh, the city of Calgary based on how many people I know there's people within this building Rob that live in airdreep but you know they they do a lot of their their socializing or or they go to dinner or they do whatever so I think it's a shared value and yeah there's some pressure on infrastructure but that that goes both ways we have many people coming in out of our community from all over and um, as I say if we're collaborating and we're understanding each of our challenges and we're trying to do the best things for everyone then that's that's the way we should be moving forward. What's your sense of why people make that choice? That if they, they work
1: in Calgary, they, they live in Airdrie?
0: Uh, you know what What I hear is uh, we're still a very, uh, you know, we're, I when I moved there, you couldn't buy uh, children's clothing. There wasn't a store in 2002. Now, after all of this wonderful growth, you know, for the challenge that we face sometimes because of growth, we have some great amenities. We have all the stores that we need. We have all the stuff that's available. You can shop, you can live, you can work, live, and play uh, in Airdrie. But I think... Uh, Again, sorry, to your question, uh, I've lost my thought. What was your question again?
1: Well, just in terms of the, the advantage of, of living in Airdrie,
0: living well, outside of Calgary. So so yeah. f- from what I hear from people that come into Airdrie, there's uh, multiple choices of housing. Apparently, we're a little bit more affordable. Uh, they like the small-town feel. Everything's in close, close, close proximity uh, the best part about it is we have a regional transit service now. We have a lot of people that uh, live uh, in Airdrie that work at the airport authority or WestJet or Air Canada. It's easy access in and now it's only ten minutes. So uh, I I just think it's a it's a wonderful place to live. If you the one thing that drives Airdrie for me always it's the people that live there. If and you we were talking about Ryan and and the the humble tragedy and watching okay. people come together. To help individuals who have fallen is absolutely extraordinary. I go to events every week and I see the giving and the generosity of time, money, and spirit. Airdrie is a place to be.
1: Uh, here's a text I got something nice to say to you, Peter. It says, I'm an Airdrie citizen. Like say appreciate uh, Mayor Brown. has personally addressed my concerns about streetlight changes. I'm glad to have someone who listens. Is, it, is that something that, that matters to you then? That, that you're able to, you know, people got a concern that they can come to you or get through to you, talk to you?
0: <laughs> Well, it's a it's a double-edged sword because I can tell you our city manager doesn't always like it, but I have an open-door policy. So anybody who communicates with the mayor's office, uh, they get a call back or they get an email back or they can set a meeting, and uh, I'm happy to do it. I serve at the pleasure of the residents and businesses in our community, and uh, that's what I believe when I got elected, and I'll keep believing till the end of my term. Well, let's go to the phones here, 974-8255. Uh, Tracy, welcome to
1: the
2: program. Hi, I'm Rob, Mayor Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to discuss the issue on crime. And, yes, the mayor has always had an open-door policy. However, in our community, I'm scared to even walk outside. And, um, and the city has closed the doors on us and sent us horrible letters telling us that we can't contact the city anymore. And um, I'm just disappointed in the fact that the mayor allowed that to go on. In air, in Eritrea. Every day hmm. day we're harassed, every single day.
1: Well, have you contacted the police?
2: Yeah, the RCMP are involved, and the city is well aware of it. Okay. He, mayor, the mayor knows what I'm talking about. Hmm. And then was sent horrible letters. As a taxpayer, I can't contact my city anymore.
1: Okay. What's the the nature? You're talking about your... your being victimized somehow, property being crime? Being victimized every sense? day. By who?
2: Uh, uh, well, we were assaulted in our home by a person who lives across the street. They continue to constantly break the bylaws, shine headlights in our house. We have a telescope. Uh, they have a telescope in their bedroom windows. Um, uh, you, you can't, yesterday we were outside doing our yard work, and the fellow came towards us on his rollerblades. We, we can't even go outside. We live like prisoner prisoners in our home and at first yes the mayor was very open to it but now the city has totally swept it under the rug and we have nowhere to go anymore okay
1: tracy i appreciate the phone call okay. and i i think for me I, I want to hear from from the police on this this kind of incident and how they've handled it or how they're dealing with it i, I don't know if you can add anything to that peter i don't
0: know uh hi tracy or she's she's not there. She's not there. Yeah. Uh, I'm very aware of the situation. Uh, unfortunately, uh, at times, uh, certainly in this situation, uh, there's some neighbors that do not get along and haven't got along for many years. And what's happened is it's evolved past what the municipality can enforce. So the RCMP it's now rolled into a criminal investigations. It's uh, in the criminal courts. Uh, there's lawsuits pending. Without going into great detail, uh, that's outside of the realm of the municipality. And once it's gone into that side of the of into the courts, uh, then we are removing ourselves and allowing the RCMP to do their job. Yeah. And as you heard, those were clearly. Uh, issues pertaining to the RCMP and not this uh, not the municipality.
1: Right. Yeah, it sounds like a, a messy situation, but but hopefully police sir, it, cer-
0: it certainly is. Tracy's a w- wonderful lady and I've been to her house and I have met her met her husband and uh, we've met several times. But unfortunately, because it's escalated to this point, it's uh, there's not a lot more that we can provide. Yeah.
1: I want to get back to, you know, some of the challenges around growth that, that Airdrie is dealing with and, and other communities, too. And it, it's, it involves rec facilities. Now, Airdrie has uh, Genesis Place, lovely facility, swimming pool, two arenas. Um, but, you know, cities start to outgrow that. I mean, is is this something now that Airdrie is at the point where you got to look at, at building more, adding more of that capacity?
0: Well, right now we're in the we're in the throes of uh, developing the li- the new library community space slash community space. Uh, That's going to be, you'll see more details coming forward uh, through the summer. We've also earmarked another recreation facility in the southeast of the city. Uh, That's probably not going to be um, in play probably for three to five years on a guess. Uh, We're certainly not at capacity through the day, but certainly there's pressures on, and we were talking about earlier about municipalities uh, sort of sharing things, and I would argue that, we have many Calgary residents who are members of Genesis Place as Talisman Center, or sorry, not Talisman Center anymore, but uh, the, the facilities here in Calgary allow our residents to come and utilize uh, their fitness facilities as well as Cochrane and other jurisdictions around uh, the, the um, uh, Calgary area.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the, the library plan. Does that involve uh, a broader vision for, for downtown? Is it important to, to ensure that as energy grows along the edges that, that downtown still matters?
0: A hundred percent. And part of our council strategic priorities are one of the six items on there is the looking at strategic partners for uh, downtown enhancement. Down, I don't know what we want to call it, redevelopment, but certainly enhancement and obviously the library we'd like to see located in the downtown. And again, you'll see some announcements coming forward in the coming months. But um, it's certainly important to the businesses that are down there. We have some empty lots. We'd like to see those lots filled with some assessment and some opportunities for people to be employed and obviously create that vibrancy. And I I think you're going to see more of that vision come to play. We've had our downtown visioning exercise going on for the last probably year or so, and there's been lots of contribution from both business owners and community members to see, okay, what do we want down there? How can this look better? What do we need to do? How can the city partner in something and making it better? So there'll be some exciting stuff coming forward in the next 6 to 12 months. All right. Well, Airdrie.ca, right? you want to find out more about what's what's going on in
1: Airtree. Peter, I really appreciate coming
0: in here today. Thanks so much for this. Thank you for organizing this. This is great. Really appreciate it.
1: That is Peter Brown. He is the mayor of Airtree. Don't forget, uh, Angela has the mayor of Cochrane coming up uh, after 3 o'clock. And, of course, much more uh, to get to regarding the Trans Mountain Pipeline and the big uh, announcement today from the federal government. 974-8255 is our number. We are back with more right after this.
0: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.